what brings you joy because it gets people to really think about oh you know when i'm in flow when yes. i'm really enjoying work this is this is what i'm doing right what are you drawn to is another really great question so people will naturally gravitate across their work day to things that they really love and enjoy doing so i think that's another really strong indicator around how they change and shape their career you can even ask people what do you want to do at work and that can be really uh, that moment of spark can be oh i really love what brian or nina does over there can i go and do some more of that with them absolutely i think once you sort of start to get all of those questions bubbled to the surface nina then you can get really down into the mechanics where you know we'd really start to search for what are the career skills and experiences that you need to start to build for that job Welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others Leadership Podcast with Nina Sunday for experienced and aspiring people managers. This show will help you explore ways to become a more intentional leader. Each episode, host Nina Sunday speaks with some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share a passion to elevate and transform team culture. Workplace culture hides in plain sight. Is yours flourishing? Join the movement to make your workplace a better place to work. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self, lead others. Brian Bowman, learning strategist, capability expert, digital learning guru, is a dynamic senior leader influencing strategic learning and change agendas over 20 years in Australia Pacific. I first collaborated with Brian Bowman when the company he was working for engaged brainpower training my company to roll out multiple tailored report writing for audit workshops. Then, as members of the Australian Institute of Training and Development, I was impressed by Brian Bowman's keen insights on people and culture. Brian's solutions balance pragmatism and risk while focusing on team engagement and ROI, return on investment. Welcome, Brian Bowman. Thanks, Nina, and thank you for having me today. I'm excited. Oh, it's a pleasure. And any interaction I've had with you, you've, uh, you've impressed me with the insights that you've come up with. So I'm interested in your current thinking around, well, we decided that this would be about how a manager has a career conversation uh, about career progression with their with their direct reports, their individual contributors. Mm-hmm. So especially as from my understanding, if you do have career conversations with people, they're more likely to stay. It's good for staff retention. And if you don't have career conversations, they're more likely to be looking to jump ship. So this is how you can keep your team together by having these conversations. But the trick is, what do you say? What do you ask? How do you do it? (laughs) I think these are all really great questions, Nina, particularly in terms of that holistic career piece. And this is where I've really seen leaders struggle around having that much bigger career conversation with people. And I think, you know, there's two ways in which we can kind of start to tackle that career piece. There's the stuff that leaders do really well today, which is the on-ground tactical coaching day-to-day work. We're really great at having that conversation in the flow, day-to-day feedback cycles. But where I do see leaders start to struggle is how do I lift out of the day today and actually go, oh, where does what does this person want to be when they grow up? And I love that moment. You know, there's the 
where am I going to go in my next stage or step or, you know, part of my career life? And how do I start to think about that? Or how do I help someone think about that as well? Absolutely. And I'd be interested in any story you've got about a person who uh, was on the receiving end of a career progression conversation, either Mm -hmm. positive or negative, and the trajectory of that, you know, what happened as a result of that conversation. I think these are really interesting moments, Nina, because sometimes as the individual receiving the conversation, you don't know you need it. And uh, I'll draw on uh, a conversation that I had with a leader many years ago who was fantastic. And I had been working for him probably for about three and a half years. And that business was an RTO. They were really in a growth phase where they were building business based on the work that they were already delivering. It wasn't a growth or development period for them. And Mark really said to me, there's nothing here for you, Brian. It's time to really move on to a new challenge and a new idea where you can grow and flourish. So even just having that conversation was really important where he was honest and upfront about where he was with his business, what the team was able to offer, but also then getting me to think about, uh, okay, what is next? Where do I go to expand my horizon as well rather than staying in that one very small area where we'd already worked for quite a long time? Well, that's very brave of an employer. He was. He was you jump ship. <laughs> he was very brazen, Mark, in, in those senses, which, you know, I think from that perspective, for me, it was great. Where we also start to see it is I've had conversations, particularly over the last sort of five years with people around, you know, where do you want to go and what is it that you want to do? And I think this is particularly as a senior leader, what I've started to see is people are asking to reach up into those next stage careers. How do I get there? What do I do? And this is the portion where we actually step back and start to think, well, the technical mastery has gotten you to where you are today. But it's that next step moment. How do I start to build the bigger idea around my career? And, you know, I've had some really great conversations with people in this space, particularly in the context of what's going to bring you joy. You know, there's that moment. That's of, a lovely way to ask it. That's yeah. the question you ask. What? Well, not what's straight up, but, you but you include what what career, well, what's what's the word? Is it career activity, progression, role is going to bring you joy? Yeah. No. And I think we don't ask ourselves that enough either no. at work. You know, we sort of are very much in the day-to-day activity. So the career conversation for the leader is actually themselves having to step out of the day-to-day and go, where do you want to go? What where do, do you- I want to go? Yeah. I have to ask my people where they want to go, but where do I want to be? Correct. (laughs) What's that moment of where to next? And, you know, I always use the laugh moment of what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's, it's that small spark that starts to draw out the larger conversation. So I really started to think about what are the questions that I ask in that moment the joy one is the top of the list what brings you joy because it gets people to really think about oh you know when I'm in flow when I'm really enjoying work this is this is what I'm doing right what are you drawn to is another really great question so people will naturally gravitate across their work day to things that they really love and enjoy doing so I think that's another really strong indicator around how they change and shape their career you can even ask people, what do you want to do at work? 
and that can be really uh, that moment of spark can be oh I really love what Brian or Nina does over there can I go and do some more of that with them absolutely I think once you sort of start to get all of those questions bubbled to the surface, Nina, then you can get really down into the mechanics where, you know, we'd really start to search for what are the career skills and experiences that you need to start to build for that job. And I think this is the bit where people really focus on the skills portion. Oh, I'll go and do a training course. Oh, I'll go and do a, a, you know, 10 different micro learns. They forget that experience moment how do I actually craft the day-to-day work to involve more of those experiential moments? Yes. I I, I mean, when I was a small business, I mean, at one point we uh, we got to a point of 10 staff. That to Mm. me was as complex as I wanted to be running. (laughs) Um, But I I remember we got into the habit of hiring uh, gap year students Mm. and it and I would start the day with a one-on-one meeting, not every day, but uh, frequently. And I just remember off the cuff, I decided to, as a like, like you wake up and you go, what am I going to talk to my, uh, my gap year student about today? And I decided to identify or list on the flip chart all her tasks and get, get a plus or a minus, you know, do you like doing this? Yeah. Is there anything you don't like doing? And I really had some interesting awarenesses because with a gap year student, she's only there for a year, but I wanted her to stay for the year. I didn't want her to leave. I didn't yeah. want her to get, and I wanted her to have a positive experience. And it was interesting because until you ask, you don't find out, oh, I don't I don't like that part of the job. Yeah. And because I had other people, I said, well, how about I just do a bit of a rotation and see if one, someone wants to take that up? And so that that works beautifully if you can rotate tasks, even if you're a small business. But then obviously, if you're a large business or a big organization with thousands of people, there's mm. so many opportunities for people Correct. to uh, rotate into other roles. Yeah. And I think it's that experience piece because you might mm. think, oh, I really want to go and do that. And that sounds so exciting and interesting. And then get over and go, oh, no. This is this is this is not the piece of cake I thought it was going to be. So I'm I'm going to go and try something else somewhere else now. So you know I think that sort of initial spark and the list is a great idea, Nita. It's so simple. Tell me all the things you do. What do you love and not? That gives you that spark of joy moment. You know how do we yeah. drive that out of our day to day to know when we're really in flow? I, I in fact when I worked at the ABC television which I did for 2 years as a graduate of the film and TV school I re, I not one person ever had a conversation with me and I remember as a production manager I really wanted to 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 grow and be an executive producer mm. they didn't know I was ambitious and I remember the time they said, now we want you to do a cash flow forecast. My stomach did a flip and I left so I didn't have to do one. <laughs> and, well, you know, there's a really great learning for you, Nita, in that moment, the gut punch of, oh, God, no, please don't make me do that. Yeah. <laughs> the joy question can be offset with the what do you hate doing? It's such <laughs> a, a brilliant way of exploring, you know, that career conversation. Yeah, yeah. At this point... May I take a minute to tell you about one of our partners that helps make Manage Self Lead Others happen, Apex Trader Funding, showing futures traders how to execute entries and exits with precision. Apex Trader Funding educates people in what is a futures contract, how to make money and hopefully avoid losing money with futures contracts, how does a trade happen, different markets to trade, 
how to make the decision to trade. And here's a disclaimer. You have to put in the learning time to really know what you're doing, to manage risk and manage profit, to know when to withdraw your profits and invest them elsewhere. How to start? Go to the FAQ tab at apextraderfunding.com and follow the links to do the masterclasses with Apex Investing Institute first. Now, here's a promo code. When you are ready to apply to get started with funded trading with apextraderfunding.com, use my code, Nina Sunday, for the listener discount of between 25% to 50% off. It's a genuine discount. I invite you to go to episode 106 of Manage Self, Lead Others podcast to find out more with my conversation with Daryl Martin of apextraderfunding.com. Now it's back to my fascinating conversation. Interesting. I think that's the that's the bit that really where I see leaders struggle because traditionally most people will go through that analyst, manager, team leader into more a senior manager role, then into maybe more executive leader role. They might not do that in the direct horizontal, which we have in the past. So my career is very traditional, was a trader, then a facilitator, then a developer, then a leader, then a more senior leader as I went up the chain. But what we're seeing now is people moving through what I found, I heard a really great way it was referred to as a squiggly career. So careers that aren't linear, they might go and do a bit over here or a bit something there, but you pull these skills out of those experiences. Oh, and those skills are all transferable. Correct. Yeah. A bit where leaders traditionally in the day-to-day work are really great at the technical deep coaching, but it's that how do I start to think about the bigger career trajectory that people have over the course of, you know, 40 years, which is a really long time. And doesn't it make sense for a manager to identify who are the ambitious ones, even, like <laughs> even if they're in their early 20s and they're a new graduate, who's going to be complacent just doing, a, a, I won't say a mundane role, but, you know, doing the same thing over and over, yeah. as opposed to those that need variety and they want that feeling of progress and progression? And I think that it, I actually wrote this point down, Nina. So it's, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, maybe the dichotomy of your team, those that are in different stages of their career. So sometimes you'll see people really thinking about, you know what, my job is my job today and I'm more excited about going home and spending time with my small family or actually we're out of small children phase now we've got teenage kids I want to start to drive my career more or actually I've come out of some other personal activity that I was doing and I want to do something completely different so I think people understanding where others are in their cycle of career because you know you'll you'll grab a job then you've maybe got 12 months to master the job another 12 months to do it really well and accelerate And then in that third 12 months, traditionally, there's like a three-year cycle. You might start going, okay, I've got the mastery moment. I'm starting to look up above and beyond where my role is across the organisation. What comes next? Or I've done this. I want to go over there and do that now. Some people might not want to ever progress upwards. And I think that's, we're starting to see that become more evident in careers now where people are being given permission and they don't feel like they have to really climb, you know, more senior, more senior, more senior. Once they get to a role where they're happy, just maybe even doing that in the best way possible and finding innovation moments to drive that career and that role forward. 
I, I found it interesting you talking about this three-year cycle because Charles Handy, who is considered the uh, second best thinker in the world after Peter Drucker, uh, Drucker and he's still alive. We have a, a wonderful uh, episode from a couple of years ago on our lowly po podcast from Charles Handy. Um, and I've read his book, The, uh, the Empty Raincoat. He talks about the sigmoid curve, which is uh, that high idea of the first year of progression, mm -hmm. the second year, people are often left alone to just do the job. Yeah. And their motivation Drop. can wane to the point where they want to leave unless you do what he calls starting a second curve, which is yeah. you and you start, you do that change before you have to. You don't wait for their motivation to wane. You do yeah. it so that you're always giving that sense of progression two people in their career so uh that's the s curve that, yeah yeah it's really interesting nina around you know sometimes when leaders are thinking about who's in their team and you know i've been a leader that has been oh my god this person is brilliant i never ever want them to leave because they make me look so wonderful uh -huh. and they do such amazing work but you have to balance that transition through your team between how do i help these people grow and drive their career yeah. just as much as you know, I want to retain and deliver great work across an organisation. It is an interesting um, conundrum for leaders. Encouraging people will make them leave. I think um, uh, Richard Branson, there's a, uh, there's a quote about career progression from him where he says that if we don't train people, they might stay, so maybe we should train them to leave. Well, it's in that vein. So yes, we don't that's, that's how we started this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, yes. Well, um, no, and how I, how I uh, came across it some years ago was an employer has a duty to make a person's CV, make them marketable, Correct. So that they are ready, so that if they and when they apply for another job, they have got a living, breathing CV that shows development, shows uh, training yes. and shows progression. And that is your duty as an employer, not Correct. just to get blood out of a stone and to, to do the job you pay them to do, but yeah. to actually you have a duty to, uh, of care that their CV is living and breathing and will impress the next employer. Yeah, and that's a really beautiful way to highlight impact as well, Nina. So what's going to make people impressive in the future is helping them actually translate their impact in their career where they've been and what they would also bring to that next next cycle of impact. So how are they going to elevate or do really well in those next pieces and giving them those tools to think about I translate the work that I do to the work that I've delivered and the impact it's had on people and organisation. Have you ever had a graduate, a, a young one, express what you think is almost an unrealistic target mm -hmm. for a goal and yet you want, you don't want to, you know, pour cold water on it, but at the same time there might be a reality check Well, you have to actually go through all the steps to get, worthy of that role i will steal from simon sinek in this Please moment <laughs> he has a beautiful video where he talks about individuals that are very young in their career but seeing them like move very rapidly from job to job to job and he he talks about it as in sailing in the storm so where younger people are asking for promotion or more money, but maybe they haven't sailed in the storm yet. So they say things like, oh, but, you know, I do the same work as Nina. 
Well, Nina has 15 years' experience and she's hoisted the sails in the storm and survived and sailed it. You haven't been through any moments of challenge or difficulty in that experience that you've had within 12 months. So, yes, you are doing the job that Nina is doing, but I know that Nina's, if something went wrong, she's going to manage it appropriately. I think sometimes we forget to help people work through those mistakes and work through those challenging moments, and that's where we really get those career aspects. Also in that technical moment explaining, well, here's all the skills that actually go into delivering that activity where is your mastery and then helping pathway forward I've done that quite a bit with maybe younger facilitators where they think just standing in front of the room is the obvious well I've said all the words and I've done all the work I'm like "Mm, okay that's great where's the downstream impact now that you've had within the org what's the flow on effect can that person do the job can they actually do it well? Can they do it to the standard required? It's asking, I think, some of those prompt questions to pull back the veil. And I really think they're exposing mechanics for people in careers to show them what it actually looks like. It is, you know, a really important part of being a leader as well to show them how does it all piece together? What's the, the mechanic behind it? Now, I believe you've become accredited in Gallup Strengths. Is that right? Correct. And is that your preferred psychometric uh, uh, test that you like people to do? Yeah, it is. And yeah, I've done a lot of the the sort of psychometric testing in the past, the MBTI, all of those ones. Uh, I really love the Gallup Strength stuff because it talks to what's really unique about you. And right. we know that those strengths that we have, if we coach and grow and build and mentor those strengths, they're much more likely to expand. The best example I can give you is I'm not a numbers person. I will never be a numbers person. I will struggle to see patterns in numbers in a long-term experience, but I know that I'm really great at communicating and influencing and finding uh, uncovering solutions. So those things are my core strengths, which Gallup really talks to and helps you look at what's going to make me really great. You'll have to do some of the numbers work, which I sit down and plan time for so I know I could focus on it. But the things that I do effortlessly will move into flow for me. So when we talk about strengths, we always talk about our top five. So my top five are communication, strategic, learner, woo and achiever. So So, what was the last one, woo? uh, Woo and achiever. So woo woo? winning others over. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's influencing. Correct. It's all in the influence space. So communication and woo are very high uh, high influence uh, strengths. And then strategic is literally how do we get from A to B. Um, learner, which is what I do for work, learning and mentoring and coaching, and then achiever getting stuff done. So what we look at is how can we grow those strengths exponentially because those are the things you're brilliant at and effort- effortlessly brilliant at. Once you start that conversation with someone, you can actually then go, well, Nina, here's the things that you do really well. How do you take that strength and apply it to that activity? Mm. So if you needed to, you know, maybe in, in my case, maybe tell someone about a change activity that was occurring, what would I do to put my communicator hat on? So it's that choose goal, think about the strength and then evaluate afterwards how I've applied and managed that strength through the process. If you had to coach someone 
to, who had a low woo score, mm. what uh, tactics, strategies, what would you advise yeah. them to do? So this to is win where, others over. This is where strengths is really interesting. So there's yeah. 34 in total and they're right. broken up into four categories. So right. um, influence, strategic, executing and uh, relationships. Yeah. So what you'd look at then is maybe a combination of their skill. So if I had to do something that was super high relationship, which is where I have like a lower amount of strength domain, I would use my communicator and my woo, which are all influencing to build relationship. So you look at the individual's um, profile and start to think about, well, how could you do that task? What are the great strengths that you could bring in? And it's really interesting. Sometimes you'll see someone that's quite a senior leader, but maybe they'll have no strategic thinking strengths and they get really panicked about it. Oh, my God, I've got nothing in strategic, but I'm a strategic leader. Yeah, that's because you just do it in a different way that makes most sense for you using your strengths profile. Well, look, we've sort of come to the end of our time, Brian. It's been a fascinating conversation, as I knew it would be. Um how can people find you? I do do a lot of coaching and mentoring for individuals, particularly thinking about where to next in yes. their career. Um, and I predominantly focus really, Nina, over the last couple of years for middle leaders. So either moving into those middle management roles or up into that first line executive. Um, I also do a lot of learning and development activities, instructional design, facilitation, all the, the stock of the trade, you would have yes. it. Um, and most people will be able to reach out to me via LinkedIn. Amazing talking with you, Brian. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today. And uh, we wish you all the best in the future and uh, all the best. Thanks, Nita. And thanks Thank for having you. me here. Have a great Pleasure. day. This episode, we've been speaking with Brian Bowman, learning strategist, capability expert, digital learning guru in Australia Pacific. My name is Nina Sunday. This is the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. Engage with me on LinkedIn. Tell me what you like about the podcast. Perhaps suggest a guest. And uh, remember to subscribe. Bye for now. Till next time, enjoy good things. Nina Sunday is on a mission to help leaders transform culture. To book Nina Sunday CSP to speak at your conference, visit ninasunday.com to request a proposal. Nina travels from Brisbane, Australia for in-person presentations Australia-wide. Twice certified virtual presenter, Nina Sunday presents virtually, globally, for any time zone. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.